The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, September 26th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. What's going on, everybody? I am Mike Keck. Hope everyone having a great start to the week. Everyone had a great weekend. A lot obviously happened since we last spoke. In the world of mixed martial arts, we had one championship. We had Bellator 299. Johnny Eblen retained his middleweight title, finished Fabian Edwards, almost gotten to a little bit of a skirmish with Leon Edwards at the end of it, but cooler heads ended up prevailing. 21 fight card for Bellator. Main card was fun. Aaron Pico looked incredible. Not too bad. Dublin got themselves a, a pretty decent card. And then over in Las Vegas at the world's most famous Apex, we had UFC Vegas 79. Again, another pretty fun card. It, on paper, wasn't, it wasn't terrible on paper, but it was pretty good. The whole main card was, was real solid. Prelims were a little bit slow to start. We got a... But once the, the disqualification happened in the Cody Brundage-Jacob Malcoon fight, things started to ramp up a little bit. Tim Means, Andre Fialio had themselves a banger. Tim Means gets the job done. That was the fight of the night. Miles Johns, Dan Arguetta was a fun fight. Charles Jordan gets a quick finish over Ricardo Hamos. Brian Battle just continues to win fights. 
Rear naked choke submission of A.J. Fletcher in round two. Marina Rodriguez beat the hell out of Michelle Watterson-Gomez. Gets a second round TKO. Bryce Mitchell, Danny Ige had a really fun fight. Bryce Mitchell showed up. Gets a unanimous decision win. And the main event, unfortunately, left a kind of a, a sour taste in our mouths because Rafael Fazeev and Matush Gamrot they were having themselves one hell of a fight. That first round was super-duper fun. Fazeev throws a kick with his right leg and ends up tearing his ACL in his left leg. It was just a tough ending to a really fun fight where Matush Gamrod gets, at least in the record books, the biggest win of his career. Called out Charles Oliveira. I don't think he's going to get that fight, depending on what happens in his title fight. But, yeah. That all happened on Saturday, so we could obviously talk about that. And since we last spoke, since we didn't have a show on Friday, tons more fights being announced. We reported on Friday, December 2nd, Rob Font is going to welcome Davis and Figueredo to the Bantamweight division. That December 2nd card is looking mighty spicy right now. Still don't know where the hell it's going to happen. As I told you guys... I don't know if it was last week or a couple of weeks ago. Looks like Minneapolis no longer on the table for December 2nd. I've heard some rumblings about Orlando being in play. I know there are other reports about Texas, maybe California. As of right now, no one really knows. I know there were rumblings earlier on about maybe an Atlantic City card. I don't think that's on the table as of right now, but it's so hard to confirm the locations of these events. But December 2nd, man, we got Font Figueredo, three-round fight. We got Jared Cannonier, Roman Delize, three-round fight. And one day I'll tell you the story about what's going on at middleweight because it's insane. But we ended up getting this fight. It's a good one. Misha Tate, Julia Avila on that card. Sean Brady, Kelvin Gasol, we confirmed that on Sunday. Khalil Roundtree, Azamat Mirzakhanov. We confirmed yesterday Joe Selecki will welcome back Jakar Close on that card. Clay Guida, Joaquin Silva on that card. I love that fight. Uh, Veronica Hardy is back. She'll fight Jamie Lynn Horth. So December 2nd is looking pretty good. And then December 9th, it appears we're going to go back to China, but still no official confirmation on that yet. And then we got some other fights added to... UFC 295 fought out Matt Frivola is going to fight Benoit Saint-Denis. That's the fight that should have happened. That is absolutely the fight to make. And then between Friday night and late Saturday night, Dana White made a bunch of announcements in regards to UFC 296. We had seen on Friday that Stephen Thompson went to Twitter and said, hey, Shafka Rachmanov, I was offered... A fight with you, I've accepted. I reached out to members of Shafkat's team. They said, wow, that's the first I've heard of that. And then five hours later, <laughs> you find out that that fight is official for UFC 296, Rachmana versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I actually really like that fight, especially after watching the Jeff Neal fight. So we'll see what goes down there. And it's a big one for Shafkat Rachmanov. Definitely the biggest name he's had the chance to fight. But that's not even the fight that stole all the headlines from that Friday night announcement because Dana White confirmed Patty Pimblett 
against Tony freaking Ferguson for UFC 296. Damn you, AK. Damn you, Alexander K. Lee. This is all your fault. You put this out into the universe and on to the next one a while ago, probably a year and a half ago. You kept sticking with it. You wouldn't let it go. And now, be careful what you wish for, AK, because now we got it. Tony Ferguson, Patty Pimblett, UFC 296, December 16th in Las Vegas. And then after UFC Vegas 79, Dana White goes back to Instagram and announces another fight for UFC 296. Vicente Luque versus Ian Machado Gary. A little Kill Cliff versus Kill Cliff crime. I know Ian Machado Gary doesn't really have – I don't think he necessarily has like a home base at this point. He's kind of traveling around and training with some different people, so I'm not really sure what his status is when it comes to where his home gym is, but that fight is happening as well. Holy shit, man. This UFC 296 looking real good. We got Edwards Covington, Pantoja Royval for the flyweight title. We got Shafkat Rachmana versus Steven Thompson, Ferguson Pimblett, Vicente Luque versus Ian Machado Gary. Cody Durden announced he's fighting Tagir Ulumbekov on that card. Sheesh, man. UFC is not messing around when it comes to these cards. And then UFC 295, we got 12 fights in the books. That one's looking pretty good, too. Obviously, this is the best one-two punch of the year. John Jones, Stipe for the heavyweight title. Yuri Prohoshka versus Alex Pereira for the vacant light heavyweight title. Jessica Andrade, Mackenzie Dern on that card. Matt Schnell, Steve Erseg on that card. Jared Gordon, Mark Madsen. Uh, Josh Van, Kevin Borjas, Pat Sabatini, Diego Lopez, Greg Googly Moogly. That's going to be a great fight. Uh, Matush Rebeski versus Darulo Aliyev. That's a great fight. Dennis Bazuka versus Jamal Emmers. I mentioned for Vola Santini. We got Nazim Sadikov versus Vyacheslav Borshev, Slava Claus. And then we confirmed last night a report from ESPN Deportes. Lupi Godinez already getting back into it. She's fighting Tabitha Ricci on that card. It's some good matchmaking right there. So lots of fights announced, lots going on. We had the weekend, no UFC this weekend. And then we're back at the world's most famous Apex next Saturday for UFC Vegas 80, headlined by Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green. So eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Dylan, kick us off on this Tuesday. Hey Mike, uh, I just wanted to make a couple of like uh, PR predictions for two of the fights that were announced. I think with the Patty versus Tony fight, unless Patty just goes into that like all fight week super respectful, which I don't think he's capable of sometimes, I think the fans are going to start hating him maybe even more than they already do. I don't know if my perception of him is kind of clouded just because I listen to a lot of MMA fighting stuff and he's not beloved in this space but uh and then with the ian gary and vicente luque i feel like that's gonna that's gonna like i think make people like ian gary a little more because i think i think he kind of rubbed a lot of people including myself a little wrong in that last fight because he was a little like intolerable just insufferable to listen to at times but i think since he's going into this fight against uh a former teammate i mean in social media posts he's He's put things like, hey, I love you, but we got to fight and stuff like that. But I think he's going to be respectful and not as insufferable this time around. But that's just my thoughts, if you had any thoughts on that. So. 
Yeah, it's actually a really good point. Uh, maybe this is kind of smart business by the UFC in order to make Ian a little more likable in that sense. Because, I mean, he's going to sit there and say he's going to go out and beat the hell out of Vicente Luque. I'm sure that's going to happen by the time we get there. But I don't think we're going to get the scumbag talks or anything like that. So it's a really interesting point. The Patty... Fergus, if I, I kind of feel like Patty's going to go in pretty respectful. Uh, I don't know if Tony will. Tony's kind of a wild card. He might just say a bunch of crazy stuff and get Patty riled up. I could definitely see that happening, but I can see Patty's just kind of going in and being sort of honored with the opportunity to fight a guy like Tony Ferguson. But Michael Bisbing said something on his YouTube channel that actually, like I, I don't agree with a lot that Bisping has to say about fights and stuff going on, but I do agree with one thing when it, when he comes to this fight, I don't love the matchmaking here. I get it and I'm intrigued by it, but I feel like you could have made this fight before the Jared Gordon fight. It would have made a lot more sense. And one of the biggest reasons why is because of something Michael Bisping said, Patty Pimblett is in a complete lose, lose situation here. He is in a lose-lose situation 1,000%. Because if he goes out and beats the hell out of Tony Ferguson, everyone's going to be like, well, the UFC gave him a cupcake. They gave him a big name that they knew he was just going to run over. Now he's lost seven in a row. Patty did nothing at all here. He just beat a guy that he was, he was supposed to destroy. The UFC led Tony Ferguson to the slaughter, and this was supposed to happen. On the other end, if Tony Ferguson beats Patty Pimblett, we will never, like, he's never going to hear the end of it. Ever. He's the guy who lost to a dude who's lost six fights in a row. He's in a tough spot, man. Like, I actually give him a lot of credit for taking this fight. I understand that it's a big name, but if he, we- I'm not sure if he weighed that part of it out. Maybe he did. And I'm sure by the time he gets to fight week and by the time he starts doing interviews, he will say something similar. But he is 1,000% in a lose-lose situation here. I mean, I, I don't know how he comes out of this looking good in any way. Unless him and Tony just have an absolute banger and they just have a fight of the year contender. I don't know how he comes out of this looking any better than he does right now, honestly. So I think his attitude is going to have a lot to do with it if he can kind of block out the noise of Tony Ferguson because you know Tony's going to say a bunch of crazy stuff to him. So I'm curious to see how he handles it all. But, yeah, he's in a really tough spot with this fight, in my opinion. Uh, Cole, go ahead. Good morning, Mike. Um, after hearing the Patty-Tony announcement, a lot of people are saying that that's, like, one of the most shameless matchmaking jobs by the UFC of all time. And I just think that, I just think that that's so overstated. Like, the Hamzat-Diaz fight, that is shameless matchmaking. The only, the only way you can say this is shameless is the sole fact that Patty is a six-fight win streak and Tony's coming off six losses. I Like, I have a question for you. Where would you – if it was Jared Gordon versus Tony, how would you handicap that fight? Do you think Tony would be a plus 360 or 350 like he is now against Patty? Because, I, like, I just think – like, Patty's good, but it's, it's not like this fight is just, like, as shameless as people are making it out to be. Like, no one's getting deaded in this fight. The Hamzat-Diaz fight, that is just 
terrible matchmaking. That's all I got. I get it. I mean, I I still don't I, – I don't love it because I, I get – for the reason I just said, I don't think this fight does anything for Patty at all. I really don't. It's a name on the resume, but in the end, the way people peel, feel about Patty to begin with, they're not even going to give him credit for the win. It's just, oh, yeah, UFC just gave him a body, and this body just happened to have a really big name. So – it's weird in that sense because if you're trying to build Patty up, this is not the fight to do it. The Frivola fight, that would have been a way to do it, but I kind of understand why they didn't make that fight because Patty has said multiple times in public that he doesn't want to fight in New York because of the taxes and, and whatnot. But it seemed like Frivola fighting at MSG was an automatic. So I think if Frivola was a little less MSG-ish and was more Patty-ish, I think he would have got that fight, but... I think him just going on saying, oh, I want to fight at MSG. Let's do it. He brings in bodies. He will sell some tickets, et cetera. There's just no doubt he was going to be on that card. And Patty's already said a million times he's not going to fight in, he's not going to fight in New York. So there you go. But this is, at the end of the day, this is a winnable fight. for t- Like, Tony can win. He can win. I just don't know... The problem with this fight stylistically is that Patty is incredibly durable and Tony's best chance to win, I think, honestly, is for him to just get Patty out of there early. I mean, he has dropped Michael Chandler. He dropped Bobby Green. But as the fight goes on, he just starts to wear. He starts to take punishment. And I feel like the way I see this fight is that Tony's going to have moments. He's going to land some good shots on Patty. Patty's going to walk right through him, and then eventually Patty's just going to wear on him. He's just going to take Tony down. He's going to strangle him. Like, that's how I feel this fight's going to go. But I think Tony could have moments early in this fight. I'm not ruling him out altogether, but Patty Pimblett is a much better grappler than Bobby Green is. And he hits pretty, pretty hard. So it's a tough fight for Tony. But, man, if he wins, it would be in a year of – hilarious outcomes and things happening to take the UFC's plans and just light them on fire. Tony Ferguson beating Patty Pimblett and like finishing him would just add right to the list of crazy things that have happened this year. So I'm not saying Tony's can't win, but it's, it's just a guy like Patty who's just so durable. I just don't know if Tony has the oomph to get him out of there. And if he can't, I don't know if he can go a full 15 with Patty because Patty gets better as the fight goes on. And if you're asking me about the Jared Gordon fight, I think Gordon would be favored, but not by much. It's just a different style. It's just a different style altogether. So yeah, I mean, look, I don't think this is, they're trying to kill Tony. This is not Hamza Nate. I completely agree with you there. But I just – I don't know why this fight's being made. It seems like they want to build Patty, but I just feel like out of all the guys you could throw him in there with, I feel like he's like one of the worst ones you could, you could build him with because he doesn't gain anything from beating Tony Ferguson, I don't think. So we'll see how that all plays out. But again, damn you, AK. Damn you. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, 
an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, go ahead, Four Corner Sports. Hey, Mike. Um, so you said December 9th might be the U.S. might be heading back to China? That's what it appears to be. Uh, that's what the rumblings are right now. So then that would eliminate um, Atlantic City because I would have thought that this the December 2nd card looks like it was gearing for um, Atlantic City. But if it's not Atlantic City, then I guess it might be Orlando. Um, what do you think? So none of the, none of the fights that were, that were announced are the main event because I would have thought um, Jared Cannonier um, versus uh, Roman Delite was going to be the main event. Um, if not, then I'm very intrigued uh, as for what that might be. I would say they should just pitch in and and have the women's bantamweight fight as uh, the main event because it worked out very successfully for Nocha USC, and you know I believe it can actually do very well if you do that for another fight night. Um, and as for Tabata Ricci versus uh, Lupi uh, Godinez, who do you have favored in that fight? I feel like that's going to be a very sleepy fight, like a very sneaky um, fight that people are not going to pay attention to just because of the, the two title fights at the top of the card. All right, thanks, Mike. Yeah, December se- so December 2nd, um, at first it was going to be mini- – like Minneapolis, and I think this kind of happened after – WWE did a raw, like a raw there, and they 
sold it out and had like one of the biggest gates they've ever had. And I think the UFC was like, hmm, WWE did well there. Maybe we could do well as well. Maybe we could do really well there too. So I know there was talks about that. I had talked to some people who would know this and originally that was what they thought was going to happen as well. But now Minneapolis I'm told is, is not on the table. Um, Atlantic city would actually make sense considering some of the names on the card. So that, but I don't think that's even in the running right now from the conversations I've had. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe maybe Atlantic City was kind of a backup plan if they couldn't get back to China. But you have to think at this point, if they're going back to China, we're getting Zhang Weili versus Zhang Chaonan. Like, it, it, you kind of feel like that has to be the fight, right? Like, otherwise, what are we going to do? What are we doing here? So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where the hell this is going to take place, honestly. Because, like, Sean Brady's from Philly, so that's not too far from Lake City. Vaughn's from Boston. It's not terribly far. Joe Selecki has, like, jersey ties, so that would make sense. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea where this card's going to take place, and nobody else does either. But it's a good one. But, yeah, if, if you're selling tickets, you can't do Cannoneer in the main event. You just can't. This is Apex, if this is the Apex, Cannonier deletes it could headline. Font Figgy could headline. Like I think Font Figgy's a better main event than Cannonier deletes a, if we're being honest. But be a pretty good stretch, man. If we can go MSG with two title fights, and then we're back at the Apex to 18th, we get the Thanksgiving week off. Roll into December 2nd. If we get Pena Pennington for the vacant belts on that card, and then we get Zhang Wei Li, Yan Jonan on that card, and then we lead into 296 and two more title fights, we could end the year with like four consecutive events with title fights. That'd be pretty friggin' sick. But they could just be sa- they could be saving that Bantamweight fight for January at this point. Uh, I don't know if you saw Volkanovsky's tweet this morning, but he said January, something to the effect of like January sounds fine to me. Uh, I have spoken to some people. Uh, that fight is being, the Volkanovsky Taporia fight is being discussed for that card. I am not reporting this fight is done or anything near it. Uh, it is being talked about for that card, which isn't that big of a surprise, honestly, because what the fuck else are you going to put in that spot? That's got a headline. But Volk Taporia is a, is a damn good main event to kick off the pay-per-view season. But not done. Do not be saying Mike Hex reporting this. Volk tweeted it out. So that should give you something. Uh, but from conversations I had, preliminary discussions are happening about possibly putting that fight on that card. Okay? Don't be saying stupid shit. All right? It's possible. There, it's being talked about perhaps being on that card okay that's it and you could do Pena Pennington as the co-main event perhaps on that card but I would prefer to see it December 2nd I prefer to see it December 2nd because what, what like what else is gonna headline I'm just trying to like look at stuff 
like who's available. I don't know. Maybe do like a, a Kamara Usman, Bilal Muhammad main event. Like that's not a bad one. Leading right into the title fight two weeks later. That's not a bad idea. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's, it, Loopy, Tab of the Reach is a good fight. They have very similar styles. What they are each very good at, they are very good at. I think Loopy's a little more action-packed is probably the nice way to say it. Maybe a little more reckless than Tab of the Reach is. Like Tab of the Reach is like Tim Duncan. Just by the book, boom, boom, boom. This is the game plan. I'm going to stick to it by the letter. And Loopy's just kind of crazy in a good way. So I like that fight a lot. I think it's a really good addition to that card. It's going to be a sleeper one for sure, considering all the other fights that are on that card, but should be fun. CV, go ahead. Yo, Mike, can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. Hey, so uh, Volktapuria confirmed, eh, for Toronto? No, I'm just joking. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the, the welterweight division. Um, I feel like it's the most intriguing right now, just because like, there's like a bunch of matchups announced like obviously we got the we got the title fight at the end of the year uh we got we, we got like i saw like sean brady versus kelvin gasolum too obviously we got ian gary Vicente luke stephen thompson and rachmanov uh i just want you to comment on like it i'm not saying it's like a mini grand prix or anything but it sounds like like just like a lot of matchups lined up just to move the the division along and like you said you also mentioned like maybe Usman versus Mohammed is a future matchup. I think that makes sense. And yeah, and um, I would love to see uh, uh, JDM versus Jeff Neal. I think that matchup would make sense. But yeah, I just want you to comment on like the, the welterweight picture right now. Thanks. Yeah, man, we needed this title fight booked ASAP. We, we have a date for it. Colby's doing his, his, his interviews and doing Colby things and... Yeah, man. I mean, that, that that fight needed to happen. And once that fight was on the books, then we could start matchmaking the rest. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's like a mini Grand Prix, but at least at least we got something. This division is moving along. We got top 10 guys fighting each other, or at least top 10 guys in fights. Brady, Gaslam's good fight. Shafkov versus Wonderboy's good fight. And then we got Luke and Machado Gary. That's a fun fight. But, I, I, man, it's just so weird at the top because I don't know what Bilal's going to do. Like, I don't know what Bilal Muhammad's going to do. Is he going to weigh in as the backup? Like, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? Does he just hope and pray that Leon wins and cares enough to want to fight him? Or does he just say, you know what? I kind of need to take another fight. And if I get to fight Kamara Usman, and I think Bilal could win that fight, if he beats Usman, he's undeniable. But I'll tell you what, man, if he doesn't have a fight on the books and Shafkot just runs over Wonderboy, or vice versa, if Wonderboy beats Shafkot, like goes out and finishes him, Bull, I, I, Wonder Boy probably jumps the line, and I know that would be completely unfair to Bilal Muhammad, who rinsed him over 15 minutes. But man, but I, I don't know what Bilal's gonna do. And if Colby wins, he's screwed. 
he's not getting a title shot if Colby Covington wins the title. There's just no way. Colby's already planting seeds. He was planting seeds earlier this year with me, saying that him and Connor, and I wouldn't rule that fight out at all. He's talking about Islam Makachev going down to 55 and fighting Islam. Like, Bilal is effed if Colby Covington wins the title. Unless he fights Usman and wins, and then maybe he finds his way in there. But honestly, I think Colby could fight three welterweights, and if Colby wins the belt, Colby isn't going to fight him. So Colby's just going to go after Colby's a prize fighter. Dude wants to make money. And he doesn't see a lot of money in Bilal. So I don't know, man. We have fights in the books, but I'm very curious to see what Bilal Muhammad's going to do. I'm very curious to see if he takes another fight. Very curious to see if they offer him Usman. If he says yes, I think he absolutely should if they offer him that fight. And again, I'm not going to rewrite history, but I hated, hated the Gilbert Burns fight on that 288 card. It made absolutely no sense, and now we're in the same position we were in like after that fight because now it's seven months since that fight. Before the title fight, Bilal's like out of the picture right now. It sucks for him. Ibzwalia, go ahead. So, yeah, hi, Mark. Um, so I've got just two things I want to ask. Um, I'll start off with the uh, the lightweight division general. Um, I, I think the Saturday, like the fight that happened, it's definitely left a big question mark. I would definitely love to see um, Gamrod and Fizzy have definitely run that back down the line in the future. Maybe hopefully when... Um, one of them gets close to the title shot. Uh, I just want to talk a bit about Gamrot specifically and just the future, the the lightweight with the next few fights. Like, um, Gamrot's obviously a, in a very unique case as a fighter where he's somehow beaten the current gen generation of his um, top elite lightweight fighters. And, um, you know, I definitely would like to see him fight the loser of the Islam or Charles, um, Charles fight. Um, that would definitely put him one step closer. But uh, I also, you might not agree with this, but I would definitely like to see him running back with Benil Dariush because, yeah, it's, it's not really exactly been a year yet, but I think that's a fight that they should do. Um, it would be really interesting to see how much Gamrot's improve. Um, but, yeah, and I think with uh, Charles and Islam, like, I guess if Charles is to win, obviously... That puts him in a good position again. But then, what happens to Islam? Does he get it? Like, do they have to run it back with a third fight because of how big and popular this, you know, fight is itself? This um, rivalry, or does Islam maybe have to fight a Benil Dariush or you know a Dustin Poirier just to get back in the title shot? You know, and then where where does this leave with um maybe like some of the other contenders down the line? You know, I'm really curious to see how this lightweight division is going to shape up because. Uh, it can go two ways. I see Islam winning. Justin Gaethje is going to fight him next, you know. Um, or this whole division can get muddled up with a bunch of, you know, interesting scenarios. You know, now we have Gamma on the mix. You know, Islam's lost. He has to fight a contender again. Volkanovski, if he wins against Ilya, is up there in discussion. Justin will still get to fight Vitor regardless. It's kind of like the middleweight division right now, in my opinion. Um, and just the other thing I want to discuss a little bit about is uh, just the fights that have been announced. Um, I saw a report about Piero Yan and um, Song Yadong being announced for China Car, but then I saw another uh, post about it for 
the Madison Square Garden Cup. Can you confirm or deny if any of those reports are even uh, vaguely true? And you know how? And and just to add on to this discussion with the Ian Gary fight and Vicente Luque, um, how do you see that fight really playing out? Does um Vicente's strengths um overcome some of Ian Gary's big strengths? If we look at Ian Gary, he's a very uh post pressure kind of fighter and he's very good at the clinching and striking. But Vicente he has a very good method of just really hitting those uh, major target spots. Like if you've seen the past when he fought Wonder Boy or you know when he's fought um Leon Edwards in the past you know, lost that fight or even you know just just like Michael Kiesa. And then he's also very good at the jiu-jitsu. I'm definitely curious to see how the fight plays out because if Vicente wins, that's a very good win for him in my eyes. And I think that really does still put him back in the contender's shot for him to st- still try to make a run at the Waterway division. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. Have a great day. Oh, uh, man. I got to remember all of that. Um I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the lightweight stuff. Gamron, look, here's the problem with Gamron. Here's the problem Gamron has. Unlike most of these other guys in the come up, Gamron has had his shot at a top five guy, and he lost. So, this win, while it's a win. If he gets a Darius rematch or he gets a top five guy before Armin Sarukian does at this point, I think it's ridiculous. Honestly, I think it's ridiculous because there's only really two guys on this up-and-comer list who have gotten these big fights. Fazib is one of them. Gamrod is the other. And both lost. So it's time to give somebody else these opportunities. And I think Sarukian should get the, the Darius fight. I think that is 1,000% the fight that should be made. That should be it. Let's let some of these other guys get their opportunities. I think Gamrod should fight Dan Hooker. Dan's cleared, says he's ready to come back. Do that fight. That's a name. People love Dan Hooker. You go out there and you just beat the shit out of Dan Hooker. All right, now we can start talking about some other stuff. But, yeah, we can't do that, man. Like, the only – I will say this. If we're going to do a rematch for Gamrod, do the Sarukian one. Like, I have no problem if they run that one back. But if you give Gamrot, Dariush, or Oliveira, that's not right. That's not right, especially the way that that, that fight ended. And I d- just I don't agree with that, honestly. I don't. So I think he's, he's not going to gain a whole lot from this. It's a win. It's the best win he has. But it's just the way that it happened after losing the first round. And I kind of feel like that's how that entire fight would have gone. If we're being honest, I thought Fazib would win. I thought he would get taken down a bunch, but he would get back up a bunch and land the more impactful strikes. That fight was playing out the way I thought it was going to play out. So give him Dan Hooker. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Go fight Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker just beat Jalen Turner. Gamrot beat Jalen Turner. The last two guys who beat Jalen Turner, let's have a fight. Let's go and do that. As far as Oliveira goes, if he wins, I kind of feel like Gaethje's getting it no matter what. Makachev wins. You do the Gaethje fight because he deserves it. At this point, he's, he's earned it. We haven't seen it before. 
And if Oliveira wins, who doesn't want to see Oliveira Gaethje too? I sure as hell will. That was like one of the best fights I've ever seen. It was only a round. It was less than a round. But that fight was insane. That was, that was like one of the most craziest rounds you've ever, like you will ever see in your life. So, yeah, I kind of feel like Gamrot's already had his chance. I'm not saying he can't get back, but at this point, we got to let some of these other guys get their chance to climb. And I think Sarukian's one of those guys at the top of the list. And don't be saying, oh, Mike, you've been the Sarukian guy. I thought he beat Gamrot in their first fight. Still say to this day, I've watched that fight a thousand times at this point. I feel like Sergeant won every single one, every single watch. Just give him a chance, man. Let's see if, if he goes up and fights Darius and loses, then okay. He got his chance, but that's right now. Jan, I've heard the, the Jan Yadong stuff, I haven't heard really anything about at this point. I'll ask around, but. It's not on MMAfighting.com. It certainly isn't done. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, Viking, I'm trying to get you in, but it's not letting me. So we'll go to four. Oh, wait a minute. Do I have you? All right, try again, Viking. Sorry. Four on cyber. Go ahead. Hey, heck of a morning. Uh, real quick, a question about the welterweight division. Uh, being Ian Gary has been match made up with Vicente Luque. I thought they were going to rebook the uh, Jeff Neal fight, but it seems like they might want to give him the slightly easier fight. Um, I was going to ask, who do you think Jeff Neal would then go on to fight? But I also want to... F- want to know if uh Li Ji Liang is going to return to UFC China. I think I heard you talking about that going down on December 9th. Uh do you think they go Jeff Neal Li Ji Liang or do you think they maybe give Li somebody lower in the rankings? That's all Mike. Yeah, so China is that's that's the rumblings. It's not done, so I can't go that far just yet. Uh but if they do go there, Li should ap- the Li should absolutely be on that card. It won't be against Jeff Neal. Uh, the Jeff Neal fight for me is Jackie three names. JDM versus Jeff Neal makes all the sense in the world. Go ahead and make that fight. Go ahead and do that. That's, that's a fine fight. Let's give JDM a top 10 guy and, and see how he does. I kind of feel like the Jeff Neal thing, it's kind of not saying that it's run its course and I would like to see if they booked that fight, but they tried they did a whole bunch of stuff. Ian Gary wore the, the, the mugshot t-shirt, all of that. And if I never ended up happening, so 
yeah, we could probably just not do it right now. So give him JDM. I like that fight. Leech? You can just throw Leech in there with anybody at this point. Panda, go ahead. Nope. Why did they even think this is going to go through on the first try? Uh, go ahead, Joe. Hey, what's up, Mike? <clears throat> what's up, man? Um, so I got a... As far as uh, Bala Muhammad uh, getting a title shot, I'm pretty sure he's weighing in as a backup for the uh, Leon Colby fight. And as we know, based on the recent history, that's kind of what got him into the title picture for weighing in against or weighing in for the Leon and Kamara Usman fight in London. So I'm pretty sure that he'll do that. And if they end up fighting, I think he'll have next just based on that despite the performance of uh, Shavkat or Wonderboy. Um, and then I wanted to know who you had on uh, Islam versus Oliveira. I see a lot of people thinking Oliveira is going to get it. And then what did you think of the exorcism that happened in the middle of the octagon with uh, Bryce Mitchell and Dan Ige? Just wanted to know if you saw any demons. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to like dump on Bryce. Um, Bryce is him. Like, that's just who he is. So, Bryce has strong beliefs, and I will say it was a little awkward with Dan there. Like, it was a nice sentiment. I'm going to donate $5,000 on your behalf uh, for the Maui fires, and then to come out and say it wasn't, like, natural, it was man-made and all this stuff. Like, you could just see the awkwardness on Danny Gay's face. But... Yeah, it was a good fight. Good performance. Need Bryce needed that one bad. Like he really needed that one bad. And I thought he looked good. I thought he looked good. I rewatched that fight. It was a tough one to score on Saturday watching it live. Because watching it live, I thought Danny Gay won the first round and I thought he won the second round. I really I did. Dan did all the damage. He was just piecing up Bryce Mitchell on the feet. Bryce had nothing for him on the feet. The only clear round of that whole fight was the third because Dan was on his back 95% of the round and Bryce was getting better positions. He just, Dan had nothing for him on the mat in round three. But you can make a case Dan won round one. I definitely thought Dan won round two. But then I rewatch it. I'm like, yeah, I could see how Bryce got round one. I could see that. So, I didn't think Ige got screwed or anything, but that was a super tough fight to score watching it live. And then rewatching, I'm like, all right, yeah, Bryce probably won two rounds to one. So, good performance. Be interested to see where he goes from here. He needed that win badly. He lost to Dan Ige. His ceiling was, was met. That's it. So, now his ceiling gets a little higher. I don't think he beats a lot of guys in the top ten, if we're being honest. But who knows? I thought Danny was going to beat Bryce Mitchell, and Bryce showed up. It's good performance. You mentioned Bilal maybe weighing in as the backup. I don't think that does anything. Like, he's not Colby. He's not Colby. Colby's not a gigantic star, but people – Colby makes headlines. You know what I mean? Dana likes him. I'm not saying he doesn't like Bilal, but like, what if you heard 
Dana just going to just mention Bilal at a press conference unless he's like specifically asked about him. It doesn't happen all that often. And as we've seen, just because you weigh in as the backup, it works for some, but not for everybody. Sergey Pavlovich is about to weigh in as the backup for a heavyweight title fight for the second time this year. For the second time this year. He weighed in as the backup in March. Now he's weighing in as the backup in November. Jared Cannonier just weighed in as the backup for the Sean Strickland-Israel Adesanya fight. Who's Jared Cannonier fighting in December? He's not fighting Sean Strickland. He's fighting Roman Delizze. He's fighting way back in the rankings. So he's fighting a guy coming off of a loss after weighing in as the backup. So I don't know. Like, Bilal deserves a title shot, 100%. But I, this is why I absolutely hated that Gilbert Burns fight being on UFC 288. It made absolutely no sense. Like, none. Zero sense to put that fight on that card. None. So, we'll see. And if Colby wins, I don't think he's getting the title shot. I really don't. Uh, Chris, go ahead. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't have a question. Uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, be in the space. Sorry. Oh, all good. No problem. All right. Let's go to – let's try Panda. Come on, Panda. Mike, how are we? Can you hear me? Perfect. Um, yes. All right, yeah, so I kind of want to hop on your train here a little bit. I might want to dunk on the, the previous guy who came in here last who said that like Bilal might be a shoe in because he's weighing in as the backup. Like Bilal is in Kobe. You know what I mean? And I feel like the company never does Bilal any favors, especially with the situation he's in now. Like, what is he going to do? He's going to sit back and wait, pray Leon wins. If Leon doesn't win, he's in a lot of trouble. If Leon does win, he might still have to fight Kamaru Usman. Like Bilal, Bilal Muhammad's in a lot of trouble. In my opinion, if I could throw that out there real quick, I think Kobe's a matchup nightmare for Leon. I think this took so long to book because Leon, I don't want to say Leon was ducking Kobe, but I do think Kobe was probably one of the last names Leon wanted to fight. Um, And then moving forward and kind of backwards, because what we started with on this show was uh, Patty versus Tony. I have to put my Tony time glasses on. I have to hope he can somehow find a way to an early knockout because if not, yes, he's going to find his way strangled or, maybe knocked out on the on the mat by uh, the third round because I don't think Tony has the gas tank that he had. Thank you for having me, my man, Mike. Have a heck of a week. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I think Bilal's best chance to get a title fight is Leon winning because uh, Leon doesn't really strike me as the guy that's going to be like like, go the prize fighty route. I think he's just going to be like, all right, next man up. So I kind of think Bilal will have a shot there. Um, I don't know if I agree with... Like, Colby could definitely beat Leon. There's no doubt about it. If he gets takedowns early and starts to wear on Leon, like, he could definitely win. I think Leon's just kind of on one right now. He's just really good. He's coming into his own. I think it's a really tough fight for Colby. I really do. And Colby's tough for everybody. That fight to me is so interesting. It's super interesting. Because Colby looked real good in that second Usman fight. It just took him forever to get started. 
he didn't get going to like middle of the third round. Like that's when Colby started to turn it on. Like once, once he got to the championship rounds, it was, it was all Colby. Like he won both of those rounds. He beat Usman on the feet. He was looking real good. Like once he started to get a little more aggressive, he was doing really well in that fight. But then he just, but he just started so slow and you can't let Leon just control him at space with his striking. He just, he's got to get going quick. He's got to put that pace on him and score takedowns early. That's his best chance to win. But if he can't get Leon down, especially early, if he starts slow, this could look very similar to the second Usman fight where Colby starts to pick it up and it's just too little too late. So it's such a good fight. Such a good fight. And then, man, yeah, like I said, Bilal's just kind of screwed. Honestly, if Colby wins, he's not getting a title shot. It sucks to say, but he's just not. And even if Leon wins, depending on how things play out with, with the Wonder Boy and Shafkot fight, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think he's going to have to fight again. Sucks to say, but I do think if he's smart, he just goes and fights Kamaru. Go fight Kamaru. Like, what's... That, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. That's a fight he can win. He could beat Kamaru Usman. Usman could certainly beat him too, but that's a fight he could win. And then at that point, like, it's just like, all right, you're undeniable at this point. Like, you are completely undeniable if you go and beat Usman. He goes and fights Usman and beats him. Like, if they headline December 2nd or something, the timing of that is perfect. It's perfect. You get a head start on everybody. Not a seven-month head start, but you at least, excuse me, get a two-week head start. So, yeah, he's in such a weird place. It's crazy. Uh, Henderson, hello. Good morning to you, man. Great show as always. Thank you. What's up? So, I'm a huge Wonder Boy fan, and I, I love the booking of this fight in some ways, and I hate it in other ways, you know, because this is a really high risk, high reward, and that's the time in Wonder Boy's career where we're at, you know, he needs some, a big win. I think on the feet, he's better. Wonder Boy is better on the feet than Jeff Neal, I would say. And Shavka and Neal on the feet was about even, I, I think. So, I think on the feet, Wonder Boy can do it. And what encourages me is that Shavkat said after the Neil fight, if you remember, he said something or posted on social media to Wonder Boy and said, like, look, I can stand and fight. Please fight me. I'll stand and fight you. You know, almost like a Kevin Holland-esque promise. So if that's the kind of fight it is, it's really a toss-up. But Shavkat's wrestling is ridiculously good. And Wonder Boy over his career has had very good takedown defense, but that seems to be the first thing that's kind of gone as he's gotten older. Obviously, Bilal took him down and Burns took him down. So that makes me really nervous. I think, I think we might be in for some trouble, uh, us Wonder Boy fans. And my prediction right now is that Wonder Boy hangs in there and then gets finished on the ground by some variety of ground and pound or something. Shavkat's ground and pound is just too much. But do you think there's any chance Wonder Boy can pull it off? And do you think there's any chance that Shavkat will keep it on the feet just to keep things interesting like you did with Neil? 
Um, and then one last shout out, if I can, my little sister is in the movie, dumb money that's out this week with like Seth Rogen and Pete Davidson. And it's her first movie in theaters. Uh, so I'm super proud of her and we're all stoked. So everybody should go see that movie. So it does well. All right. Thanks again, Mike. Thanks man. Shout out to your sister. I am actually uh, interested in seeing that film. So it was a great story. I'd love to see it in movie form. So yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Wonder boy can win. Do I think Shafkat will stand with wonder boy for a bit? Yeah. Do I think he's going to stand with him for 15 minutes? No, I think that's craziness. If he does that and I'm with you, I do think, I think wonder boy is better striker than Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal is a very good striker, but Wonder Boy's better. Wonder Boy's one of the more technical guys. And Shafkot's not saying he's not technical, but Shafkot's is a crazy man on the feet uh, in the best, most entertaining ways possible. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think this is, this is bad matchmaking. I'm kind of shocked Wonder Boy took it, if we're for being honest, since he was going... He had the shot at the Ian Gary fight. I thought that fight made a lot of sense. I think that probably would have been a better matchup for Wonder Boy, honestly, from a stylistic perspective. But this is this is fine. He went for the Usman fight. He didn't get it. So maybe they have other plans for Kamaru. Maybe they do do the Bilal fight. Yeah, I, it's it's fine. But again, Wonder Boy ha- does have pretty good takedown defense. Against kind of the older, not like the older generation, but the generation before, where because we've seen it now, like we we just talked about Bryce Mitchell, the Bryce Mitchells, the Colbys, the Bilal's, the guys who can just just chain them together over and over again. Like those are the guys that give Wonder Boy problems. Like Rory McDonald had a hard time taking him down, but he shot for like a takedown. And then just is like, okay, now I'll fight on the feet. But Bilal is just Bilal is just all over him. Like, if he didn't get the first one, he went for the second one. If he didn't get the second one, he went for the third one. That's how Colby will fight him. That's how Gilbert Burns fought him. Those guys who can just chain him together, those are the ones that give Wonderboy problems. And Shavkat's a bad man, man. I love that fight. It's going to be interesting. I think the stakes are super high in that fight. I really do. Especially if Bilal sits to the side and doesn't take a fight. It's uh could be a very high stakes fight. Wonderboy's 40. He's gonna be 41 in February. Everyone loves Wonderboy. If he goes out and beats Shafkot, they might just give him a title shot. Like give him one more chance. They might just do it. And if Shafkot goes and runs what what Wonderboy right out of the building. He might get, I don't know. I think the stakes of that fight could be very, very interesting, depending on what Bilal Muhammad does over the next couple of months. Uh, I'll take two more. We'll take Zach now, and then we'll go to Tom. Zach, go ahead. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good. I got two things for you. Uh, first, I know the UFC doesn't care about optics at all, uh, but do you think there's anything maybe in the optics of having, for the women's weight fight, having that on a fight night as the main event? You know, that'd be two women's title fights in a row. Not what was your other one? Oh, can you hear me still? 
Yeah, I got you. Go ahead. So I, th- I just think the optics of that being having two women's title fights not on a pay-per-view in a row, it's not a good look. I know the UFC doesn't care about optics, but uh, not a good look in my opinion. The other one I was hoping to get in on Free For All Friday last week, but I know you didn't have it, so I got to ask this here. Uh, this time tomorrow, I'm going to be a dad. So I was hoping uh, I could get some fatherly advice from you. Thanks, Mike. Wow, man. Congratulations. It's the best. It's the best. Um, let's see. Well, the women's fights, like, I mean, if they do it December 2nd and they do China December 9th, we might get three in a row. We might get three women's title fights on not pay-per-view. Because if they go to China and they don't do Zhang versus Zhang, like, what are we doing here? Like, what, why, why are we even going? Like, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a big market, but the reason you go to China is to book that title fight. You do Zhang Wei Li versus Zhang Zhonan. So we could get it there. The more I think about it, the more I think that we'll get the Bantamweight fight on pay-per-view. I don't think it won't be a main event, but Volk, like I said earlier, Volk tweeted out, January sounds fine to me. I know preliminary discussions are going on about the Taporia fight. It's not done, but we do Volk Taporia as the main event, and then you do Pena versus Pennington as the co-main event. That's fine. Get two title fights to start the year. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. As far as fatherly advice, um, Look, there's nothing I can really tell you uh, that you're not going to experience for yourself. So one thing I learned is that other people's advice, it's nice to hear. It's nice to have, you know, the brothers in arms, so to speak. But I learned that there is no advice that can prepare you for it. You just have to experience it for yourself. The one thing I will tell you that I know for sure is that the second your child is born, your life is going to change forever. Your motivations become much larger. The reason for everything you do is going to be enhanced by a thousand. You're not going to sleep. You might get lucky and you will sleep. But all that doesn't matter. All that doesn't matter. Like, I didn't care. I. It was the best. I watched so many episodes of Cheers in the first two years of my kid's life, because he never slept, I would just wake up and calm him down. I'd watch Cheers until he fell back asleep, which most times he didn't really fall back asleep, so I'd have to watch like four episodes. So it's just the best. Um, it's just awesome. And then it, it just goes by real quick. All right, so I have my advice. My advice is just to enjoy every second of it because it is going to go by in milliseconds. It's just going to, like, if you're married, you know how you like your wedding day, you don't even remember. It's like the blink of an eye. This is like that times a million. Like my kid, like it seemed like just yesterday, like I held my kid for the first time. and He's 10. He's going to be 11 in April. It's insane. So just enjoy it all, man. That's the best advice I can give you. And just figure everything out. Figure everything out. Everyone's experience is different. So just enjoy it all, man. Congratulations. That's the best. All right, we'll take one more. Riley, go ahead. 
I was out early, uh, so I'm sure someone asked you this already, but uh, did you get a chance to see uh, Superlac versus Rod Pang? And uh, what was your thoughts on the scorecard on that? Um, and secondly, if the UFC ends up going back to uh, China this year, or I mean, even early next year, do you think uh, we'll see Song Yidong? Uh, he's my boy, and I feel like we haven't seen him fight in a while. I thought he was doing really well versus uh, Corey uh, when he got the doctor stoppage. Uh, so I'm excited to see him, uh, whenever he gets back. Thanks, man. Uh, so China might be happening this year. Uh, rumblings for December 9th. I'm certainly not the first one to say that. Um, someone asked earlier about, there's some rumblings that he's fighting Piotr Jan maybe on that card, but I've heard nothing about it. Honestly, I've heard nothing about it. So, uh, Riley, do you have something else? Riley? No. Didn't mean to hop in. Okay. So, yeah, it'd be, be a great fight. Him and PR Jan kind of is like it. It's kind of like the last fight left, really, because who else is he going to fight? So, him and PR Jan makes all the sense in the world. Because I don't think, like, you could throw him in there with Umar, maybe, but I don't know if Umar's ready to come back just yet from his injury. So, yeah, him and Piotr Jan is, is a fine fight. That'd be a good one. It's just kind of like the the fight that's left over that needs to be booked, really, for this incredible Bantamweight division. So, all right. Thank you all very, very much. I appreciate you. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll do it again, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, be a busy day. We'll have BTL later on that day as well with a lot to talk about there. I'm sure we'll have more stuff to talk about with an off week, even with an off week in the UFC. Like we have, if this is just the news cycle, like BTL is filled already. We don't even need anything else, but I have a feeling we'll, we may get some more stuff. May get some more stuff added to the pile. So uh, you guys are all the best. So I'll see you on Thursday morning, everybody. Until then, have a great rest of your Tuesday. And as always, have a heck of a morning, everybody. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.